Hi everyone and welcome to The Sound Seed. This is a branch of the Women's Fellowship in Manchester called The Seed. We aim to uproot lies and plant the truth through conversation. We have a sister fellowship in London. You can find out more information about this on www.lovelimitless.com. So let's begin. Hello. Hello everybody. I'm recording a podcast so please can you, um, please can everyone keep as quiet as possible. No shouting, please. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for clicking on this episode. I guess if you've clicked on it, then you kind of want to know what we're going to talk about. So (laughs) stay tuned. Um, And I'm looking forward to this discussion as well. And I'm glad I'm going to be having this discussion with two very special ladies. And they are Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hey. And Shawa. Hello, Shawa. Or Adishawa. Oh, um, but she likes <laughs> she goes by the name Shawa. Um, but before we carry on, just a quick, you know, PSA or public service announcement. We are still in quarantine. Okay, well, so we're still in our homes. So if you hear any home-like movement, welcome to where we are. Right? <laughs> so we're we're at home. You know, feel the vibe. If you hear a child screaming, it's okay. It's part of life. We can't block out children, right? So um, that's just a quick PSA. Um, to ride the wave with us and enjoy the space that we're in. So in this episode, we're going to speak about returning to the Lord or dealing with apathy. Um, and it's a, it's a conversation or it's a session that we had um, at the seed that we're going to bring over here in this conversation. And I want to start by asking this question to the ladies. Can you remember a time when you decided to purposely avoid someone or an issue that you had with someone? Which one should I select from? <laughs> I've, had, I've had a couple of times of avoiding. Um, yeah, I think for me, it's always when I've like had an argument with someone. And you know, like when you're in that phase of like, after the argument, you're like, okay, I know I should apologize. <laughs> I don't want to right now. I'm still festering in it. I'm just going to, avoid you not talk to you um for a bit but yeah that's that's one thing that comes to my mind just that yeah that moment right after an argument yes and it's weird because you feel like because a distance has been created mm-hmm. you know is there a point to go back any, mm. anymore and then like, i'll do it tomorrow and then it's another distance yeah. and then you're like, mm, oh. it's a bit of a long distance now but yeah um, Lisa, I was going to say, um, when you said purposely avoid someone, I I thought of, do you know, like when you're in town, um, you're in a shopping centre, you're in Primark, you're just like doing life. You could be in Astro Tesco, whichever. And you, you see that person that you really don't want to interact with. So you purposefully go out of your way to avoid them. Like you do strange things that you wouldn't usually do. You go into aisles that you probably have no business going into just to avoid that person. Um, And yeah, it's usually the people that you have sort of grown distance with, people that you don't probably don't want to, you know, entertain conversation with. So you're just like, oh, I can't bother. Let me just, let me just try and avoid them. Yeah. It's like the distance is so awkward that the conversation doesn't seem like it. You know what I mean? So it's just like I'll just continue keeping that distance, mm-hmm. but it's it's doing more harm than good, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, do you know what? That's actually onto the next question, which was what lengths did you go to to do this? 
Um, and we've had people <laughs> hiding in hiding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you want to bake a cake, but you're near, I don't know, plum tomato. Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's no correlation at all. Um, so another question, did you eventually confront the person? Um, I think mm-hmm. when it's like the scenario that I've said, when it's like someone random from high school and I'm just like, oh, come on, talking to them right now. Um, that's calm. That's fine. Um, but when it's like someone who is close to me, like a family member um, or a friend, um, eventually um, I have because of the value of that relationship to me. Um, the value of it outweighs the the momentary discomfort. Um, because if you think about it, am I willing to lose this person um, and lose the like lose having a full relationship with them just because of this thing that's happened? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With me, kind of just answering a bit of your previous question, what I would what I would do to avoid it is like this kind of club watch so I would say okay especially if, if it's family member I can't I can't hide from them they're in my house but I'll say okay I'm gonna have this conversation at eight o'clock okay I'll wait till 8 15 okay I'll wait till 8 30 and they've gone to bed I'm like okay I'll wait till tomorrow and then I'm like okay maybe I can just make breakfast and then I know that they'll smell it and then they'll come down and then it's like okay we have to talk <laughs> so I'll find just different ways to try and avoid it but try and face it at the same time and then what um Lisa was saying um, I think I, I don't like awkwardness for a long time. I just get very uncomfortable. Like I get uncomfortable with silence. So if you're in silence with me, then I have to talk about it. We just have to talk about something. Um, mm. So I think maybe it's it's more about the discomfort of trying to avoid the awkwardness. And I know I have to address it. It's not like I have to. I can run away from my family. Um, that just gets me to just address it. Not dead on. Not not always all the time straight away. Um, I think that's probably what prompts me a lot more. Yeah. Like just being I think it's it's really interesting that you say that because why do people always say that? I think it's really interesting that you say that. Anyway, <laughs> um because you mentioned how <laughs> you put yourself in uncomfortable situations because you know you don't like uncomfortable situations. Um and that seems as though you've thought about what your flesh mm-hmm. doesn't like and you've made allowances or you've made mm-hmm. provision um to make sure that your flesh is very uncomfortable so you get the thing that you need to get to um but yeah the the, re- the reason I ask is that sometimes we we do this with God right um we purposely avoid him we purposely avoid the situation the hurt that we're feeling the anger um we purposely avoid talking to him or dealing with the situation at hand um because either we think there's a distance there or we think he's not going to come through for us. Um, And just to read Jeremiah 2.13 as well. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns or wells for themselves, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Um, And even with the issue of of wandering or um, avoiding God, you can see that the people of Israel do this here. Like you've forsaken him. And because of that, you've gone to, I was going to say, you've gone to Plum Tomatoes in aisle seven, but you've gone to other things um, that you think will fill the problem, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll be beginning, you're binging on shows now. You are 
you know, living recklessly with your money now, you are speaking to people anyhow now, no one can correct you anymore, thinking that in this thing, um, the, this, the situational issue will be solved. So um, what do you guys think are some of the reasons that we hide in the first place? Um, obviously, we know that sometimes the distance we feel because of an act that happened can, you know, discourage us from actually going back to God and we can deal with that. But the act, I want us to talk about the act. What kind of reasons do you think um, cause us to hide in the first place? Mm. I would say for, for just generally, something that comes in mind is, is pride, or rather just the, the idea that, okay, that like I can fix myself up and then come to you, or I can I can work on whatever I've done wrong or whatever it is and then come to you. And then that's just a lie <laughs> because we can we can do it to only a certain limit. Um and yeah, and just seeing it as like you don't and I guess that's really rooted in not really thinking we need God as much as we do, as much as we should do rather. Um yeah, just the idea of just wanting to fix yourself up before coming to God in that idea. Yeah. And that's that's as Jeremiah says, it's a broken system. It cannot hold water, you know. Um you can't save ourselves. Mm-hmm. Go on, play, um, Lisa, yeah, I was thinking um shame as well. Um it's very similar to pride, um, where shame sort of makes you feel as if like you can't go back. Um and that you're too bad to go back or maybe that um god won't even like want you um so you just like i don't know you just hide away um but it's very like backward non like backward orphan mentality um because obviously we know that um jesus paid it all full stop um and before you did what you did or said what you said or chose that thing that you did um Jesus paid it all he knew he knew it all kind of thing um and for me personally um this reality has become like real like real real um and the act of actually coming back um after doing something that you think is like unforgivable um, is really humbling, um, especially when you you mm-hmm. think or perceive your walk to be um, blameless or perfect. Like, oh God, I don't act like this. Oh God, I don't really do that. Um, and you do something that in your standards is unrighteous. You're like, oh, I'm a horrible person, Lord. How could you ever love me? Kind of thing. So we kind of sort of hide, but it is it reveals like orphan mentality within ourselves, re- within me. Um, rather than actually remembering what the word of God says, um, where it says that, you know, for now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that applies mm-hmm. in every single situation and every single circumstance. Um, not when you sin purposely, but when, you, when you're when you sinning and you have no idea of your sin. Do you know what I mean? It covers all those areas as well. Wow, that's so good. And it's it's funny because <clears throat> pride and shame feel like they're absolute extreme ends. Because mm-hmm. um, someone's prideful, they're very lofty, they think very highly of themselves, and someone that is full of shame doesn't think mm-hmm. much of themselves at all. Um, but I remember someone saying that you know the enemy doesn't really care which side you end up on, as long as you don't wow. get to God. And that's the point of it. It's the point of pride 
is to keep you from him. The point of shame mm. is to keep you from him. And the only way that we can combat that is to have a right view of God mm. and a right view of ourselves mm. so that we can come before him, not because of what we've done, that vindicates the shameful, right? Yeah. And it also brings down the prideful. It's not because of what you've done. Um, it's because of what he's done that you can come to him in this manner. Um, but I think that's a very interesting point that you both made in terms of they seem like polar opposites, but all of these tactics are always the same. Don't get to God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't get to God. It's like a chant. Don't get to God. But we're trying to say, go to God. <laughs> go to the father or whatever chart we want to make um another one that i wanted to mention was disappointment um and in very simple terms in actually six words it's what you expected did not happen (laughs) and that can cause disappointment and if you were alive in 2020 and i believe you were (laughs) if you're listening right now and you have ears to comprehend um and you have you know eyes to see you know that my years that year bruv was full of disappointment a lot of things that we expected did not happen it could either be with events it could either be with people it could either be either be with relationships it could either be with finances it could either be with where you thought god would have you you know so it's an emotion that is not foreign to a lot of us but i think we haven't um, based on even my experience and um, conversations that I've had with people, we haven't sat down to deal with the disappointments that we face because perhaps we may feel less spiritual or we may think we're less deserving if we admit that we were disappointed. What do you think? Yeah, disappointment is so real. Oh, can yeah. Um, disappointment is so real. So, so, so real. I remember... Um, it's sort of like when you're in a house with someone um, it's like using the analogy of being in a house and having siblings um, or even your parents when you've expected something from someone like and um, you put like oh yeah yeah, they're my parent I can trust them they've said it so they'll do it and um, they've not done it and you know how you feel Mm-hmm. Um, when it's like someone who's close to you, you feel a bit like mm, I can't believe I said that. I'm never going to trust them again. Um, I mean, they're human beings. They're mm-hmm. flawed. Da, 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 da. If you make excuses, you're like, oh, it's fine. I'm going to give them grace. But when it's God who is perfect and is your father and you love him, but has still brought you to the same place as a, I don't know, a flawed human being, you're just like, yay, how do I even reconcile this? How, what, what thought process do I have to um, back up how I'm feeling? And it, it really humbles you because you're just like, God, I really love you, but I'm super hurt right now. Like I expected this to happen. This was my expectation. Um, and my expectations um, have not been met and I'm hurt right now. Um, and um, I think myself and many people, um, like if I said, have experienced um, this kind of feeling and um, you can you can try and avoid God by not actually dealing with the, the hurt that is there. Um, and one thing I love about God is the fact that he sees all. So he sees the pain. And it's the huge elephant in the room when you come in the morning and he's like, God, I love you. I think you're great. You brought the sunshine and, you know, you hold it all together. And there's, an, uh, there's a full on elephant in the room that you're not talking about. 
but God is like, are we actually going to deal with this? Like, because this mm. thing is now like cling film on your heart where you're not actually able to fully receive from me because this is, this is sort of tainted mm-hmm. our view of God because we've not actually addressed it. Like you can actually tell God I'm disappointed. Like he's, he's big enough to take it. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's the facts that we can get over spiritual or over religious where we're just like, we can't, we can't chat to God about our disappointments um, because he's a big God. He's not going to smite you. Do you know what I mean? He's not, he's not going to smite you. Will You will still end in the same place. You'll, you'll be alive. Um, but it's really important to actually offload your emotional baggage to God especially in disappointment and and not just bury it um, and just move on with your life yeah even even that you know that image of cling from around our heart I think sometimes we think the cling film is preserving it you know um and as you said the disappointment can be a cling film over your heart and sometimes you're like but if I have this conversation with God you know it might mm. actually hurt more mm. but the cling from over your heart is not preserving your heart it's actually keeping yeah. him from doing the work that he needs mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so it's like are you willing to be brave enough to trust that when I take off the, this cling film, I'm going to receive healing. Just even mm. in naming the pain or naming the situation and saying, Oof, mm. I feel cast down. Or mm. I feel let down. You know, or I have evidence mm-hmm. that you have let me down. And taking that cling film yeah. off and coming to him and seeing what happens. Yeah. Oh, it's liberating. But in our minds, we yeah. think we're preserving ourselves. Mm by not talking about it but we're actually harming ourselves more by not talking about it but that that image of just having a cling from over your heart is it's not preserving like you do with food in the fridge it's actually keeping the good from coming in yeah and, and even with that like that's, that's a lot <laughs> um even even <laughs> with that like I think what comes to mind is, I guess, the way that we approach God or the way that we really just view mm-hmm. God. Um, because a lot of times, if we sometimes see God, okay, God is this loving Father that, that sees me. As you were saying, these like, when we come to Him in the morning, like trying to break that in tongues and everything, like, God, you're so glorious. And deep down, you're vexing Him. You want to fight Him. <laughs> but you're like, oh, God, you must never see my heart. But because I, I see it, I see it. Just tell me. I'm sure the angels are just bantering you, like, we can see, like, we, we know what's going on, like, what, what are you doing, sort of thing. Um, but just that idea that we can actually come to God and, like, and just be real with him. I think that sometimes we miss it, even when we feel shame, yeah. when we feel disappointment, even when we feel all of these things. We can come and say, okay, God, I messed up, and not wait a week yeah. for, like, <laughs> I used to have a cooling down period away from God, so I can let God, like, settle down a bit, and then I can settle down, I'm like, okay, God, I'm back after a week. It's it's so, like, I, I did this all the time. Um, but it's just like, no, that mm. God is not, like, my friend, he's not like Ifra, he's not like Lisa. Like, he's not, as in, Hallelujah. his love for me is not dependent on, like, okay, so do you, like, I do this, you do this, then we're all cool. Um, and that's why... At times when we say that, oh, God is just like your friend. It's like, mm, yeah, but like your friend, it doesn't it doesn't hold weight. That's not it. Like, 
because your like friendship is is it's a very two where you do this and I do this and then as long as that happens then we're cool. But like seeing God as more than that, like and that's yeah, the thing about the gospel today, but yeah, that's that's the good news of it because <laughs> there's nothing like he wants to see you in that shame, in that disappointment, in that. Like that's when he wants to see you not cleaned up and pretty or the way that we, we view him at times. Um I think when we understand that 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 changes how long we we cool down and spend time away from him and that that would make us run to him more um and say hey like I've messed up like you see kids oh gosh if you've been around kids and <laughs> um a lot of them if they've messed up they'll be like oh sorry I did it it's not like they, they don't think about the consequences they're like oh yeah it was me that was it and that's it and they just go about it they worry about you to fix it you can fix the broken chair I don't need to try and get the glue out to fix it because I know I can't do it but like we try and fix the chair we try and fix the table and say oh god there. Yeah, Nothing really happened. It was calm, but God can see the the cracks in it. God can see all of that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point to make. You know, and it sounds a bit counterintuitive, but vulnerability is a safe space to be um, with Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and though we think that hiding our sin or hiding, yeah, it's a bit crazy because you know, as you mentioned, Sheryl, well, like He can see it, so keeping our, ourselves from God is like trying to hide in the middle of the road like <laughs> everyone can see you sweetie <laughs> where are you trying to hide there's it's all it's all there um but you know our exchange should be vulnerability mm-hmm. it's such a safe space to be because of who he is and who we exhale in um but yeah let's move on like I love that though I love that what you just said vulnerability mm-hmm. is a safe place to be your Christ because that that mm-hmm. doesn't make that's not what we learn. We learn to just not be vulnerable, just be toughened up and stuff. But yeah, I really like yeah. that. Hundred percent. Um. So what should we do? What should we do then? Because I know you guys have mentioned what we've identified, and even from experience, um, some of the reasons that we we stay away from him and we we keep distance from God. Um, so what should our solution be? You know, how should we encourage, sorry, how should we confront God? And that confront seems a bit, you know, confrontational, but how should we approach God? Um, and what should our solution be? Um, I think that somehow I think dealing with God is like the least of our problems. I think it's overcoming ourselves, which is the really hard bit, um, actually telling yourself that it is good to come to God that is the bit that is the hardest bit like Shoa said you have the cooling down period you're like okay so I've sinned so that's like I don't know <laughs> five working days <laughs> kind of really low thoughts of myself and then and then two days of you know ceremonial cleansing and like killing a ram or a goat um and then and then I will be pleasing to God and I can come back but when we look at the parable of the the prodigal son what happened he came he came home and his dad met him halfway um and um he embraced him and he didn't you know end up as a servant the way that he rationally thought um he would be working his way up again um but he returned to be a son he was always a son do you know what i mean um and mm-hmm. actually coming to that yeah. head knowledge and heart knowledge of that um, it's a very backwards reality to the world, but this is the culture of the kingdom. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
when you are in Christ, you are not, you're not um, below, you are above. You're in a position above the angels. Do you know what I mean? Like you, it's God, the Godhead, you. That is where we we reside. And that has nothing to do with what we did, has nothing to do with um, our works, but actually who we are in Christ Jesus. Um, and when you have that understanding um, of our, who we are, in Christ, that means that regardless of what you do, you can turn around and say, Father, you can say, Father, like, Father, I actually really messed up. God, I actually do not know what to do in this situation. Or God, I really need your help. And with all sincerity, um, and God says he's near to the brokenhearted. Like God knows and God understands. And he, it's like um, a, a toddler pooing all over themselves and just sitting in their own mess and actually knowing that they do not have the coordination to wipe their bums because they will fall over. They don't. They need a grown up to come and help them. They need to, you know, surrender in the mess and be like, I need to be cleaned. I need help to get out of this mess. And that is who God is um, in this situation, but it is up to us to recognize our positioning um, in God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, of course. Um, but that is really, really important because that stops us believing the lies of the enemy that we need yeah. to go back to ritualistic holiness um, and righteousness when New Testament says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Like we need to really update update our mm -hmm. mentality on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. Um, it reminds me of something that um, I was thinking over last month. Um, and I was just like, wow, if you deep it really, returning to God after recognized sin is not hypocritical. It's where you belong because of the position you have with him, right? As you said, when when the prodigal son came back, he didn't say, okay, become a slave and then work your way up. He came back as mm -hmm. a son because that's, that's his position. That's what he, he was always going to be. So when you recognize a sin or you recognize a distance from God, returning to him is not hypocritical. Amen. You're returning to mm -hmm. where you belong. And that's, and that's, it's hard to think, but it takes faith to believe that Jesus... Jesus's blood, death, and resurrection Amen. truly finished it all. Amen. You know, I don't need to add anything to it, um, and that's the faith we have, right? So, returning to God after recognizing is not hypocritical. It's where you belong, and that leads us to the first thing, right? You need to come. You need to come. You need to return to where you belong. You need to return to the Lord. Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hosea 6 1 Come, let us return to the Lord. Though he has torn us, he may heal us. He has struck us down, and he will bind us up. Something else we can do as we come to him is worship, right? I think when we worship him, worship is all about attention. Like if you really boil it down, and we just want to give God our attention and we want to make sure that our eyes are turning mm. to him. And when you begin to look at him, as, as you know, Lisa said earlier on today, um, no, sorry, Faith said earlier on today, if they see him, what won't people give up? Mm. Do you know what I mean? The theory is like, oh, I have so many nice things I don't really want to give up. It's no, you haven't looked at him, looked at him long enough to see that he's worthy of everything you're going to give up. 
you know um so i think another thing we can do is to worship him just so we can realign our focus of who he is and where we think we should be yeah any other recommendations or even advice on what people should do and how what what their solutions solutions should be hmm. i think even just adding to what lisa the guys above have touched on um it should just be really childlike in our approach to god um i think as we grow up um i don't know i don't know how people are but as we as we age a bit more we tend to get very um like not theoretical but very okay this is what i've read this is how it is and this is this is where i put you god in and i can't still be a child to you i can't be playful with you i can't be um i can't just be a child that's that's what just comes to my head to, to just remember that we we are still children of god and that we hold that place in his heart that we are um yeah we are his, his sons and daughters um and he's not yeah he's not he's not waiting for you to come back with a whip in his hand like okay come and collect your beatings <laughs> he's not he's not waiting for you in that way his arms are open um like just literally open for you um and just really just remembering that like regardless of how sort of far you might feel from you like god god doesn't feel distant like you might feel distant in your proximity yeah. to him but he's remained where you left him mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's not he's not moved he's not changed yeah. anything so just really just recognizing that it's not it's it's not about god it's just i think lisa said it's at the start it's about you and how you are what's your view of god um yeah that's what that's what comes in yeah. mind I, definitely i think that's a really good place to end as well um to look to God <laughs> and in doing so you know there are different ways to do so we've mentioned coming to him worshiping him you know even just sitting down long enough with a journal just to process what you feel and how you feel it and allowing God to come and just repenting of sin not because you need to you know pay for those sins but you're acknowledging them and receiving the finished work of Jesus Christ um for, for what has happened so yeah, I'd encourage you, even after you've listened to this, take a moment and just sit down, turn away from the noise, stop running away, you know, stop hiding in aisle seven near the plum tomato um, <laughs> and sit down, sit down with him. It's if, if you don't have a song, put a worship music, worship song on and sit down, as it says in Psalm 5 verse 3. Oh, Lord, in the morning, if you're reading this in the afternoon, that's listen to this in the afternoon, that's fine or in the evening. But, O oh Lord, in the morning, you hear my voice. In the morning, I prepare a sacrifice to you and watch. And that's my encouragement to you, that you would watch and see what the Lord does with um, yeah, your vulnerability as you come to him. And I truly believe that he will restore you with himself. In Jesus' name, thank you so much for sticking around. And, yeah. Bye. Bye, everyone. So this has been The Sound Seed. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to keep pursuing truth through conversation and community. See you on the next episode.